It's Saturday, right? Saturday? Yeah. It's been a minute. It has. I you know what? And I looked. It's been two weeks. It was, yeah. Because <laughs> we had talked about this. We thought it was only a week that we recorded last, but it was two because I worked the weekend before, mm-hmm. and I just knew that it was longer than that. So it's been a minute, so we're back, but did you guys oh, enjoy our shit. 55 episodes that we, we did? It was like a mega we distribution. Had a, yeah. We had a free day, so we we're like, might as well just get not much done. Episodes. And then we took a little break, I guess. But <laughs> we did. Maybe maybe that worked in the opposite way that we wanted it to. We were oh, so well. tired. Have you heard about all this um, Timothy Pitson stuff? No. Do you know that story? No. I was gonna do it for a story, but oh, gosh. Okay, I'll tell me. I'll give you guys a little a little gist. Okay. So I don't know where it happened. For sure. I want to say Illinois or Wisconsin. I don't know. Um, anyways, so it's this 2001, I think, this seven-year-old boy, um, his mom and his dad were, like, not getting along. Uh-huh. The mom was, like, mentally ill. So the dad drops the, the son off, the seven-year-old Timothy, at school. Mm-hmm. And then, like, an hour later, his mom comes and picks, picks him up at the school and says, like, there's, like, a family emergency. So she okay. picks him up from school. There's, like, footage of them leaving school and they she takes like her car to get worked on at the shop and then they go to the zoo wait and then timothy and his mom yeah timothy and his okay. mom i think her name was amy they go to the zoo whatever have fun they go back and pick up her car mm-hmm. and from there they she takes him to like a kalahari that's like a couple hours away okay and then this time they realize like like the dad goes to pick him up from school and they're like oh. he's like they're like he left with the mom and she's not answering any phone calls from anybody and like the dad had said she was like mentally ill a little oh, bit. Oh gosh. So they go to this water park and then they leave there, stay in a hotel, and then, and then they go to another water park the next day and then she calls all her family and like some of her friends to like let them know like she's okay, she's fine, but, but not she's not the dad. Like, no, she's, like, not letting anyone know really where she is. And they're, like, just come home. Like, everyone's yeah. kind of worried about you. Just come home. So she's, like, okay, yeah. She – it's, like, the Saturday after um, they find her, like, dead in a hotel room. <gasps> she killed herself. Like, slashed her wrists and took, like, a bunch of pills. And there was, like, pictures of Timothy on the table. And there was a letter to, like, a bunch of people. And there was a letter saying, that like – Timothy was safe. He's fine. He's with people that love him. No one. He needs wasn't to worry in the room. Him. No. And they went back and looked at like um, footage, and she was like with Timothy a lot. And then they went back to like the sat like the Friday night before they found her. And here she'd went to like a convenience store and was by herself and got like letters oh. and or paper and envelope to write her letters and some food. Oh God. So and he's never been found. What? Never been found. Wait, when was this? Two thousand one. <gasps> and he was seven. So 2001, he was seven. Maybe 2011? Okay, it was a while ago. Yeah. 2001 or 2011. And so they, I guess, find a little bit of blood in her car. 
And turns out the blood that was in her car was Timothy's. What? And then fast forward to today, just like it was like April 4th, they there was this guy they found by Kentucky. It was like a like an older guy. Oh, God, don't tell me it's him. Well, he was, like, wandering. The police are like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Timothy Pitson. I was a, I was abducted by two men and held captive. Oh, my God, I have chills. So they did a DNA test. It's him? Not him. Oh, it's fuck. A, it's a guy from Ohio. What? Yeah. And, like, the, they said Timothy supposed So, wait, was that a whole, was that all a lie, or did he really think that he was him? I think it was, he was just a hoax. Just what a, a hoaxer. fucker. I really wanted to do this story, but I, it's, it's been done by other shows. So he's still missing. Yep, still missing. <gasps> still have no idea where he is. Oh, could you imagine at seven years old? Like, no. you know what? I think she went and did I, all that fun she, stuff with him because she knew. Isn't that, like, so dark, though? That's Like, some, I'm going to yeah, go take him and shit. do all this fun stuff, kill myself. Maybe, pro- probably he's dead. Probably kill him. And <sighs> then let everyone. Because the dad was, like, threatening to take him away, saying, like, you're, you're like, mentally ill. If you don't get it together, I'm going to take him away from oh, you. Oh, my so God. So she's probably, like. I can't have them. Nobody can. That Quit. Why do these people take their kids down with them? I don't. I don't that's know. something that I would never understand. Like, no. if you're unhappy in a dark place or you don't want something, let's say, in those situations when the parents are having, like, a custody battle, just, if you got to off somebody, off yourself and just let it be. Like, right. I can't, I can never see how, right how parents do this to their kids. I don't know. I mean, I Just like, like that story about the um the dad mm-hmm. with the son. You know what I'm talking the about? Two boys. He kills the mom because the, the boy says. Found. Yeah, they haven't found her or whatever, yeah, but yeah. the boy says mommy was in the trunk. Yeah. And then CPS takes custody of the kids, but they take her him, them over for a visit. Mm-hmm. And the dad locks the door the, after the boys yeah. are in and sets the, the house on fire. Yeah, the supervisor's like outside of Have the house. Have you heard that call? Yes. That's the most chilling call. I know, I know. And, like, the 911 operator dropped the ball right. big time. Oh, yeah. But I, that, I, I can't understand that. And I, like, I get you have a bad day. There's days where you feel down and depressed. Mm-hmm. But if you feel that way for days and weeks, go Please get some help. Please seek help. Please. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay if you don't feel that way. What do they say? It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. But it is not okay to not act on that feeling. Yeah. And let's you be honest, need to all, seek help. We're all not okay. Trust me, but, I'm having a day myself. <laughs> I'm having a moment. But it's okay because I'm not going to be stuck down like this for right. a long period of time. Right. So, and you just got to talk through your shit. Just be better versions of yourself. And get help. Ask for help. Talk to people. Everyone has someone that loves them. And if you don't have someone that loves you, mm-hmm. we love you. Yeah, we do. So you, can call, you can call us. You can talk to us. We'll yeah. talk to you. Because mental... Know. This is like a mental health awareness moment we're having. But it is important. It's real and it happens. And you don't need to take other people down with you if you're sad and upset. Yes. I'm sad and upset sometimes. And I just find something that makes you happy and go do it for the day. Go hang out with yourself. Mm -hmm. Go take yourself to the movies. Go. Go, You know what? That's why I've gotten so big into the gym. I think that's another reason. Yep. Just get on the fucking treadmill and just run until your heart's content. Run until your anger turns into sweat. Mm-hmm. And you can't take it anymore. And then they just turn into endorphins, and you'll be kind. Yeah, and then you'll happy. be happy. <laughs> but I just feel like at the end of the day, you are all you have. So like, be your own best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, be comfortable like with yourself. Because I mean, like at the end of the day, we're all gonna die. And whenever you die, you could be surrounded by people, but you're in your own head. So you're all you have. So be your just like be okay with yourself. And you know, I've been struggling with 
I don't know what it is about being 30, but you know, I turned 30 this year. You turned 30 this year Yeah. at the end of the year, but this 30 years has gone by so fast. I know. I don't feel 30. I don't feel 30 either, but it is also like, holy shit, I'm going to be 30. Like that's half a 60 (laughs) and I have three kids now. So it's gone so fast that I feel like I can't waste any more time being unhappy or unpleasant in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. that can't waste your time. Yeah, I can't waste my time. I need to live in the moment and be happy and do what I want to do now because before I want to make a change, it could be too late. Yeah. And I, what makes me happy too is like doing things I'm not, I don't like doing. Like when I... Yeah, out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just do, sign up for the stupid yoga class. Yeah. Even though I'm the most unflexible <laughs> person ever and I have no idea what any of the um, things are that you do. Mm-hmm. And I did mm-hmm. it and I felt great. And, like, I hate running, but I love 5Ks. I never would have known that had yeah, I not just done for it sure. and found it. So this is our positive message for the day. Yeah, go outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Do something that turns negative energy into positive energy and be the best versions of yourself that you can be. Yeah, this is brought to you by um, Peach Bellini wine from <laughs> um, Aldi's that we're drinking. It's actually pretty good. It is pretty tasty. I like and it. It was, like, $5. So. Really? Mm-hmm. And they had raspberry and strawberry. Oh, dang. I might have to hit up all these. So, yeah, this is uh, our normal episode where we just tell you we have stories. Yeah, our stories. The stories that we did um, independently that we kind of went out and found and then researched to our heart's content. We did them. So, did we do the same type of stories? Is yours a murder? Mine's a murder. Yours is a murder. Yeah. Mine's not a murder. Mine is merely a disappearance or an unsolved mystery. This is a first for us. We're not on the same page for once? No, we fell off the that's bandwagon. O- that's okay. Yeah. Then the audience gets the best of both worlds. Yeah, and um, again, we wanted to push the you sending your stories to us to our Gmail, mm-hmm. podcast at gmail.com. Um, we want to hear your weird stories. Also, I want to give a quick shout out just to some podcasts. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, to some podcasts that I've yeah. been listening to. Um, the one is Our Lives, Their Deaths podcast. It's by a husband and wife in Los Angeles, I believe. It's really cool. To, I like, you don't hear too many husbands and wives or couples. Yeah, no. I like one, it. But I, I've listened to a few in there. It's really also, good. Also, um, people that we know, you know, I Domesticated. Know you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marriage Meets Comedy, mm-hmm. I think. They, um, are local to us in... That's a funny podcast. They yeah. just talk about like day to day life as being um, husband and wife and parents. I I like ones like that too that aren't overly like let's pull out our Bible. And yes, like it's real life. Uh-huh. Like let's be honest. It's, yeah. And then and I've been listening to one um, called Already Gone, oh. and it's this lady has the most like pleasing voice to listen to, Ooh. but it's mostly she does. Um, missing disappearance, like missing oh, people, yeah. and then oh, she'll like do mysterious people. deaths. Oh, so already I'll have to gone. Check that out. It's, it's really good, and I've been listening to like a crap ton more, um, but I forget them all at the moment. So that's okay. That's quite a few shout outs for today. So, I did, but I could. Mine? Do you want to go first? You went no, first last yeah, time. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. You all right. Anything. So we'll get started. Mine is about. A young woman named Joan Risch. So she's been now missing for 58 years. Holy shit. For a minute. 
Uh, she was born, just a little background here, she was born in uh, Brooklyn, New York in 1930. She then moved to New Jersey at the age of nine, um, where her parents mysteriously died in a house fire and she was at nine. the age of nine. Okay, she was nine. Yeah, she was nine. Um, but anyways, after that, of course, she was an orphan, so she went to go live with some relatives who then later adopted her. Okay. She went on then um, and made some positive changes out of a negative childhood there, and right. she um, graduated from college in 1952 in Pennsylvania with a degree in English literature with hopes of being a teacher someday. Okay. So she got a job at a publishing company, actually, with her degree, and she fell in love with one of the executives. Um, his name was Martin, and they actually married in 1956. Right after getting married, they had a daughter named Delillian. So this was the next year after they got married, so 1957. And then they had a son in 1959 who they named David. They moved to Massachusetts. Um, I think it was for Martin's work, mm -hmm. I think. They had to relocate. But either way, she decided, Joan decided that she was going to be a stay-at-home mother at that point and raise her kids. She was just not going to work. But she had expressed that she did want to become a teacher at some point teaching English literature, so using her degree um, when the children got older and mm -hmm. a little bit more independent yeah. and didn't, you know, need her as much in the home. So fast forward to October 24th, 1961. This is D-Day. This is the disappearing day. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was early morning and Martin, so Joan's husband, got up and he left the house pretty early because he needed to catch an 8 a.m. flight to New York City for business. So, um, according to him, he said that um, Joan's day would have started as any other day. Like, he would have, she would have gotten up with the kids then just a little, like, shortly after he left to start their daily routine. So, she got up. She um, basically got the house rolling. So, she got the kids breakfast and got the kids dressed and all that fun stuff. But particularly on this day, Lillian had a dentist appointment. So Joan got ready and uh, took David. So I think he is just a couple years old at this point. Takes him over to the neighbor across the street, Barbara. And she watches him while she takes Lillian alone to the dentist. So they go to the dentist appointment. And then shortly after the dentist appointment is over, Lillian and Joan go to just like a department store to it's, it doesn't say anywhere, like, what they went mm -hmm. shopping for, if it was just, like, a leisurely thing or if yeah. she had to pick up something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But either way, they went to a department store for a little while, came back, and she went over and picked up David from the Barker's residence. Um, she had went home then, got the kids lunch, and put supposedly put David down for his afternoon nap. This is supposedly around 1 or 2 p.m. Mrs. Barker, I don't know if she had to do run like run errands or mm -hmm. if this was a thing that they did in the 60s where they swapped kids while they did their daily right. stuff or not, but she had a son named Douglas who was also four, which is the age of Lillian, um, brought him over for a play date and um, said that she saw Joan wearing just like a blue, like what you would think, like a, right, like a blue, yeah, like house dress and like white sneakers, yeah, like okay. just doing her thing. Mm -hmm. It is even noted that she was like, had some um, shears, like pruning some plants and mm -hmm. all that stuff around the house and okay. out in the garden. She said nothing was out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. A dry cleaner also came and he had to pick up some of Martin's suits, like business suits. Right. He said he spoke with Joan, no issues, nothing was out of the ordinary, which, you know, he, I guess, did this regularly. Okay. Of course, you know, because Martin yeah. is a businessman, so it must 
I don't know if they used the same dry cleaner man or not, but um, he did note that there was milk out at the doorway because this is when you got milk delivered as well. So you got milk delivered and a guy coming to pick up your dirty know, laundry. Like, we need to bring this back. <laughs> we do. Why do we ever Please. get away with that? But you know what? I think maybe we are getting to that because now you can do, like, I know that our Walmart just recently got grocery pickup. True. But, like, my sister who lives in Florida, she said that Walmart will deliver oh, to you. I know Bueller's, like, delivers. But I know, like, we're dealing with a big thing with, like, plastic. Yeah. And, like, we were doing just fine with glass, so why can't we bring that back and deliver me some I, milk? And reuse it, honestly, yeah. because, like, let me use my milk. I will return my empty glass bottles. You know, almost yeah. like propane. You know how they do that for propane Yeah, drinks? yeah. Why can't that be a thing? I don't know. We're just saying to reduce, reuse, recycle. Absolutely. And don't kill people. Absolutely. That's what we're saying. And it's safe for the sea. So anyways, this is when milk was brought to the house. Um, also, the mail was, like, the mailbox was, like, right by the door. Um, so I guess he did notice the dry cleaner that... Um, the, ma- the milk was still by the doorway, and the mail was kind of sticking out of the slot a little bit. Okay. Anyways, like, I guess it's important that Joan was her normal self. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyways, I guess Joan took the children back across the street to the Barker's residence, and she said that she would be right back. She didn't have David, so she didn't have the her youngest child. She just mm-hmm. had Lillian and... Douglas? Douglas. Barker. Okay. Barker. Barker, Barker. Barker, Barker. She took them back. And okay. said that she would be right back. Okay. I guess Mrs. Barker thought that she maybe she was going to grab the baby or something. Okay. Or I, I don't I don't right. know. It's weird. I think too back then you're and like if you're like really close to your neighbors and you guys have yeah. close kids, you can kind of just be like look and be like oh they're home I'm just gonna pop just be like hey watch my kid for a second because yeah. if they're both yeah. like homemakers and staying at home, you'd be like hey watch my kid and need a second to do I don't know. And what so I'm I get that. But honestly, like. I wish that things could still be that way a little bit because how helpful and, like, supportive. You know, if you were my neighbor, it'd be different. But right. I can't do that right now with the neighbors that I have. I like, get pissed when my neighbors park their car in front of my house. <laughs> right. I couldn't imagine them watching my child. Yeah, it's just a different way of life. But either way, so she leaves the Barker's residence saying, I will be right back. At this time, um, another neighborhood child, a girl, gets off the school bus and um, – says that she sees Mrs. Barker in a trench coat running down the driveway with um, something red, like, thrusted in front of her. Okay. She doesn't think anything of it, one, because she's a child, two, because she knows that there's other children that live there, so she thought that maybe, like, her rushed look or the way that she was carrying herself was because she was, like, chasing her children around or okay, something like I that. All I can think of is, like, Georgie from It in his trench oh, coat, God. like, holding a red balloon. <laughs> That was her. She originated it. Maybe it was a balloon. I don't know. Oh, my God. That would be so weird. weird. (laughs) That would be really creepy. Okay, so she gets off the bus, says that, whatever, but that doesn't come up till later because she never comes back to get her daughter, Lillian, from the Barker's residence. So I guess, I don't know if Barbara says, okay, you can walk back across the street, go home. I don't know if your mom forgot you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Maybe your mom had too much wine. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, Lillian leaves to go back home and then comes back a short time later, not long, comes back to the Barker residence and says, I can't find my mom. And baby David is in his crib and he's crying. He needs a diaper change and he's hungry. So Barbara's like, what the fuck? Like, so she gets her little jacket on. She walks across the street and notices that there's blood in the kitchen. She can't find Joan. David is, in fact, in the crib, screaming his head off. And there's no sign of Joan being anywhere. 
So she goes into the kitchen. She notices that um, there is a phone book that is open to like emergency contact numbers, I guess. And there is a single bloody fingerprint in the one corner. She had to look up the number for 911. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't have it. I don't know. Maybe. 61? I don't know. Maybe they didn't. I mean, I thought that was, like, since forever. But really? I don't know. Maybe we should look into, like, is there the original guess in creation 61? of 911. Maybe. Or maybe she's panicked. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Forgot the number. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say that. Anyways. Hmm. So she, Barbara, immediately runs back home and calls the authorities. Like, mm-hmm. something is going on. Police come. They look around the house. They do notice, too, and document on the phone book and the, the blood, which I guess... Lillian had said, there's red paint all over my kitchen. Oh, no. Because, you know, a four-year-old, like, right. they don't think yeah. it's blood right away. So it is indeed blood. And it is the blood of Joan. But the fingerprint that they test in the phone book is not Joan's fingerprint. Okay. Nor is it anyone else that lives there. Oh, fuck. So they continue to look. The The kitchen table's overturned. They're, the house is just disarray. Like, the, the telephone... Which then the phone was like one of those ones that hangs on the wall. Okay, yeah. You know, usually you have your little table there next to the wall uh-huh. with the phone book right there. Uh-huh. So the the phone was completely ripped out of the wall. Which is why Barbara had to leave the home to call the okay. police because okay. that phone was not in working order. There's only one car at this time for the, fa- the whole family, which Martin had drove to the airport to catch his flight. Okay. <clears throat> Which is another thing that raises, because how did Joan get to her appointment? Like, what car was she in, this, that, and the other? Barbara had made a, she made a point, I guess, to police once she was being questioned, once it was determined that Joan was indeed missing, that there was, like, a blue um, 1950s Chevy in the driveway that she had never recognized before, Mm -hmm. but that was something that she didn't think twice about because she thought maybe it was a rental car or it was borrowed from somebody since Martin was going to be out Uh of town. Makes sense. So they find the trench coat that supposedly the girl that got off the school bus said that she saw Mrs. Rish in, Uh in the corner of the kitchen and it's covered in blood. Now this blood is not of Joan. It's of somebody unknown. And at this time DNA testing was like not on the rise, I Mm -hmm. guess. So they call Martin Telling the situation, like, hey, your wife is missing. Like, what the hell is going on? They also had noted a, um empty liquor bottle in the trash can. Questioned him on that. And he had said that they had had it the night before. Like, they finished it off. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things, like, hey, you're going out of town. Let's The kids yeah. are asleep. Let's just basically have, like, a nightcap type of thing. Yeah. Which is totally believable, I think. Yeah. But the only suspect they had in Joan's disappearance was Martin. Although Martin has an airtight alibi, he is literally marked and reported to be and seen at the airport where he he was in New York. Like, Mm -hmm. they called his company to, like, reach him in New York. So that that was a weird thing. They just don't understand. And the milk that the the delivery guy or the – what the fuck is his name? The milk man? No. The dry cleaner. Okay. Oh, that he saw? He saw the milk. The milk was still there. Now, at this time, like, you don't leave your milk out. Right. Moms need their milk. Right. And it's this is October in in Massachusetts. Like, regardless, you don't leave your milk out. Right. You take your fucking milk inside. Right. Take the fucking... The milk was still there. The mail was still in the mailbox, even though the dry cleaner said that he saw Joan there. Like, why the fuck didn't she grab her milk? Right. What the fuck was she doing in the driveway with something red in front of... Was she bleeding? Right. Well, if that the blood on the trench coat wasn't hers, then... Right, what? and 
So this is all the questions that they're asking and where, whose blue car was that? Right. Nobody else in the town, like she was reported that they did see her at, of course she did go for the dentist appointment. Mm -hmm. Nothing was out of the ordinary there. She did go to that department store, paid cash, which I don't know what else you're going to pay with. Do they have checks then? They have, you have to barter with check-ins and goats. (laughs) They didn't recognize anything out of the ordinary then. This woman is fucking missing. Like straight up missing. So even found like her wallet, like her pocketbook or whatever was still in the house and it had cash in it, it had stuff that she would need if she were going to like, let's say, plan her own disappearance. Right. Which that what leads to what people were starting to think is that she wanted to be a teacher and she was tired of being a housewife and mm-hmm. running herself ragged trying to raise kids and this and that and like the mumbo jumbo of like her everyday life at that time. Like she wanted to escape it. Okay. Which really, from what the story that you can find and that I could find, doesn't seem like her life was that bad. No, not at all. Which, I don't know, I can't even say that because I can understand wanting your independence. And mm-hmm. at that time, women yeah. were housewives. Like, you right. didn't really work outside of the home. But she has a college degree. I mean, I, I feel that way some, that, some days where I'm just like, oh my god, like I can't, like, I think about running away sometimes. Yeah. Or wrecking my car into a tree so I can spend the night in the hospital <laughs> for a day or two and have someone and get bring some me real food. rest. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. sleep all night. But no, I'm, I'm totally never gonna that. actually do right. it ever. So Joan has never been found. Like October twenty fourth, nineteen sixty one, is the last day she was ever sighted, and the last person to supposedly see her was that little girl that got off the school bus. That's weird. And saw her running down the driveway with something red in front of her, which is what they think is now something bloody. Right. And there have been several sightings um, reported to the police um, since then. One of the one of them was actually that same day. They saw a similarly dressed woman with blood running down her legs um, walking down um, Route 128, which is close mm-hmm. is near their home, about around 3:15 to 3:30, which would make sense. Yeah. Because of the time, like, especially since that girl saw her getting off the bus, you know, right yeah. after. Um, but she, they said that she seemed disoriented and appeared um, to be cradling something in her stomach, which is exactly what that girl said. Right, right. They went there. They could never find anything. They didn't even see traces of blood, which if something was bloody and you were cradling it, like, there, at least one drop of blood is going to fall. Right, yeah. They received reports, you know, they, they had that blue... Um, Chevy from mm-hmm. like the 1950s or whatever. There were several call, calls on that type of car, which of course there's going to be. I'm sure there were plenty of cars right. like that way, but nothing ever came up is linked to Joan. But when they did their other, like they couldn't find any leads that would lead them to a person. Yeah. A okay. real living person that could be her. So they started looking back at like different types of things that could have happened. They started shifting, let's not look at this as a murder or an abduction, but more of like a disappearance. A self-geared disappearance. Mm -hmm. So they knew that Joan was um, a frequent flyer at the library. So she went there. She spent a lot of time there. She would um, check out a lot of books. So then they went there. They started looking. And they realized that she had checked out 25 books on disappearances alone in (laughs) the summer of 1961. So literally right before. Months. 
just right a couple before. months before she actually what disappeared. The, what? Yeah. Okay. Well. So then they started thinking, okay, maybe this woman did right. stage her own disappearance. I was totally like, it was probably someone that just saw her and her daughter like at the store, at the dentist's office, and just followed her home. Maybe watched her for a minute and was like, okay, this bitch is going to our neighbors a lot. Let me yeah. wait till she's not. And then took her, but now I completely changed teams and I think that she staged it. They, and you know, I thought that too when I first started looking into it. I was like, you know what? I think something happened to her. I think it was the mailman or the milkman. Which the dry cleaner man? The dry cleaner man would make the most sense because the milk and the mail were, were there already right. when he came. But he pretty much had an airtight alibi because he was marked at like each house after and, like, back at the place, like, the dry cleaner. Well, he could have just, like, ran up and killed her. And I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I guess someone would have seen him carry a body out in the middle of the day, though. So. It seems like a pretty busy right. neighborhood. Yeah, it sounds like a lot is going on. But then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? It makes sense because she would have taken Lillian back over to the neighbors and said, I'll be right back. Right. Which, yeah, she's four, but at four years old, they're very, like, aware of their surroundings uh-huh. and what's going on. So Lillian could have very well been one of those children that's always like, Mommy, what are you doing? Mommy, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? And she didn't want her there when she did this. Right. And it's simple to put, yeah, put your baby down in the crib. You know, your baby's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Mrs. Barker will bring them back and somebody will notice, you know. But fast forward, um, Martin, he continued to live in the same house that they all you know, that they were oh. married in and whatever, the disappearance happened. And he raised his children there. And um, he never had his wife declared legally dead. How sad is that? Super sad. But I, I feel like that would be a hard chapter to close. Well, I mean, your kids are in their 50s now. Well, he's probably dead by now, but maybe. Yeah, he died in 2009. Oh. But he never had closure because right. she's still technically missing. And they... Literally, besides the woman carrying... What she look like? Let me see a picture. You want to see a picture of her? Yeah. She's pretty. Oh, she looks very mysterious. But doesn't she... And she looks classy. Yeah. She definitely looks like she has a secret. She was 31 when she went missing. Oh, my God. That's so young. It, it, We're almost... It's almost us. She's like, an, like <laughs> such an adult, but I don't feel like an adult. Yeah, oh, but... That's so weird. And then, like, the whole... Okay, she, like, got all those murder and disappearance books... And that her parents died in that fire when she was nine. And exactly. Like. That that doesn't look like weird. more like a co- coincidence anymore. That looks like maybe Joan had something to do with it. Maybe, or. Maybe Joan had a couple of screws loose upstairs. Possibly. And I could not find anywhere what she bought in that department store. Really? That's weird. Isn't that weird? Yes. Because it's like if she was planning this, she went to that store to get something. Right. I wonder what. Like a toothbrush or like any sign that she was like leaving. A backpack? Yeah. Fanny pack? Do they have those? <laughs> I don't know. She, okay, she would use a fanny pack. I don't know. She's too classy for a fanny that's, pack. That's so weird. Yeah. She sounds like, like a secret agent. Kind she of was thing. around somewhere and she was teaching somebody lingu- English literature mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. And nobody knew that she was Joan Grish. That's weird. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. It's sad though. I think disappearances are so, although I feel like she did this herself. I really do, in my heart of hearts, think yeah. that she did this to herself. Yeah, I do too. They're so interesting because not all of them are that way. Not all of them are 100%, oh, I feel like she did this, or right. they did it, or they want to disappear. Some of them are like, I really feel like they didn't. Like, why would they want to leave their life? 
that's why I like I like them too, like disappearances, because you make up a story in your head and you always want to think that they're out there still somewhere and like just like the mystery and the whole secret thing of it is just so interesting. Like you make up your own story in your head, what yeah. you think, like yeah. maybe she had a boyfriend, she left with her boyfriend and he staged, helped her stage it. And, and I think left. that too, like there somebody, whoever drove that vehicle, yeah. helped her. Oh, definitely. But what was the bloody object? What? Why was there blood? That's, maybe that was like the object they were using to like put the blood in or places. Or maybe make it look like she was killed and yeah. that's why she's never found. But how do you go about your life and never wonder about your kids? Or I guess it, never I mean, keep in, mm-hmm. never, at least let's say it's 20 years and you, how do you not regret what you did and at least touch base with them at one point? Maybe they did. Maybe she did when they were older and they just don't remember it. It could be. Maybe she's. Or they just kept their mouth shut and never told anyone creepy creepy okay well mine was a suggestion um from instagram Mm. and her name is bay hall b-a-y-e oh i thought you meant before anyone else bay Bay hall okay um she suggested this story and i saw she went went she went to or goes to kent so oh like kent state yeah and she follows us so oh cool Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. So I'm doing this, and it is called The Murder of Hannah Hill. Okay. So Hannah is an 18-year-old girl born in May of 1981, and she lives in Akron, Ohio. Oh, local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was an only child, and um, she had just graduated high school. So 18, just graduated high school. She was so excited for the summer and just, like, live her life because you know how you are when you graduate high school. You're an adult. You're 18. You're... You're wise beyond your years. Yeah, you, you think know. you know it all. Yes. So um, she had gotten herself a job as a part-time secretary, too, over the job. She had bought herself a car, and she was set to start college in the fall. So she just, you know, she had it all going for her that summer. Sounds like she does. And they said Hannah from her friends was such a pretty girl, and she had lots of friends, and she was even crowned winter cre- winter keen. Winter Queen. <laughs> Winter Queen. At one of her school dances. Hmm. And she did have a boyfriend. He was 19 years old. His name is Brad. And um, in this article, it said that she lived with him briefly before moving back in with her parents. And Hannah's friend said that they would fight her and her boyfriend, Brad. And they said that sometimes he would even be physically abusive oh, with no. her. So I think that's why she moved back home because they were fighting so much. But they still were together when but she they, moved yes. back in. But they were still continued to be together. So on Wednesday, May 19th, 1999, so May 19th, she, like, homegirl had to have just graduated. Yeah, high for real. Hannah gets home from working in the afternoon, and she changes into her pajamas, which is, like, a sign that, like, you're home you're, for the night. That's it. Like, yeah. you're done. Yeah. So at about 9 o'clock, Hannah calls her friend, her friend's name is Jen, to see just, like, what Jen's up to. And Jen says that she's staying home as well. Like, she's home for the night, too. Hannah makes a couple more phone calls. Then she changes out of her pajamas and tells her mom she's going out. And she leaves the house around, like, 10. She's just, like, her mom said she's, like, hey, I'm heading out. Like, I'll, I'll be home. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. And her mom says later, though, that Hannah did appear to be disturbed and bothered. But, um, again, she said Wait, she that would that night? Be home. Yes. Okay. So that, like, she said she'd be home, said she seemed, like, irritated, but she just assumed, like, maybe she was fighting with but her But she's boyfriend. 18. Yeah. So, like, let's exactly. be honest, girls at 18 are just, like, up and down. Right. So, the next morning, Hannah's parents wake up and realize that Hannah never came home. 
They assume that maybe she just stayed at her friend's house. Um, but then her boss calls her parents later and they say, like, hey, uh, Hannah never showed up for work. Oh. Instantly, all the alarm bells are going off because Hannah is, like, super responsible. She never ditched work. And so on May 20th, Hannah's mom, so the next day, calls the police. No, it's that day. Sorry. That day, she calls the Akron police to file a missing persons report. Hannah's car um, wasn't listed or anything because the police just tell her, tell, like, what they say to all parents that call and say, like, their 18-year-old is missing. Oh, she's 18. She can do what she wants. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, it's fine. I'm sure she'll be back. Like, oh, God. We need, when will we stop doing that? I don't know. And the parents are trying to say, like, this is her car. This is the make. This is the model. She And her, she's responsible. Yeah. She never came home in her car. So her car is out there. Her car mm. was, like, her baby because she bought it herself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the police are, like. Oh, call us later. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't show up. Right. So all the family can do is try to contact everyone Hannah knows. Hannah's friend, Jen, who she talked to that yeah. night is she's at, like, the forefront of everything. Um, she checks in with Hannah's boyfriend, Brad, says that he's just as in the dark as everyone else is. Jen continues to contact Bet friends. Bet you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you abuser. <laughs> so Jen continues to contact friends, and then she expands to mutual friends. Which This is Jen doing this? Yes, her friend Jen. And this includes a 20-year-old named Danny Ross. Okay. Who, he says he didn't see her either. Never saw her. So two days passed, absolutely no sign of her, and there was no leads um, in, within the family. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, a report comes in of this abandoned car just a few miles from Hannah's house. Mm-hmm. Um, but because police never did anything with her missing persons report, they just sent someone to, like, put a ticket on the car oh my god no. so brad then brad goes to the wait police. is it her car yeah Ugh. long story short yes so brad then goes to the police to urge them like be like hey Look it's into been shit. a few days like no one knows what's going on she won't do this so whenever brad comes in they notice that he has scratches all over him his arms his hands and his face <sighs> he says they are from hannah but they said that um, they were from an argument they had just a few days before she went missing. Oh, okay, because either way, that's not, like, a ding, 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 Right, ding, ding. there was someone standing behind him with, like, a red flag, just like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, please look it. into this. And, right. It's like those foam fingers, like, <sighs> right, like homeboy's got some answers here. Neon lights, whatever. So then the police are interested. They release info about her on the news. It's, like, all over the news, and then calls start flooding in. Yeah. She's just, like beautiful girl yeah and she's so young yeah so his calls start coming in and um they finally put in there about our car and our car is still missing but they put the info in the car but people are still calling in and they're like saying like this car is still here come look at it and literally they're telling them okay if you don't see a police officer there call us back in in a in a few days what the hell? So they're just, like, not interested in this car, even though yeah. they put all her missing persons information in the system. So this is, so it's May 24th, a full week after Hannah has been missing. Police are finally dispatched to this car. Okay. The car is, like, fine. It's not broken into. Everything seemed okay. But then they pop the trunk. No. And Hannah's <gasps> body is in the trunk. 
No. Yep, or it had been. Oh my god, Around. what if she was alive? Oh wait, does it yep. say how she was dead? Yeah, uh, here we go. Okay. So, Hannah was nude from the waist down, and her bra and shirt were, like, pushed up to her neck. So, and she was also, also like, posed in a sexually suggestive way. So, they say she probably was, like, sexually assaulted, judging from Of course. Everything. I mean, you're a woman, so, and you're dead, so right. you're probably going to be sexually assaulted, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. So, not only this, but she is covered in bruises, cuts, and scratches, and they said that she put up, like, the fight that her cost life. her life. And okay, Brad. Right, struggled. Brad, you see. So she fought with everything she had, and then they say her cause of death ended up being strangulation. Aww. And they found an un- unidentified white substance, and it was found on her lip, and there was a bite mark on her arm. So, like, oh. this is the evidence... The only evidence they got. And so, from what I get from this, is that this person is an absolute monster, first of all. Well, yeah. Who didn't value Hannah at all. It, it, it feels, like, personal and, like... Yeah, like, why are you biting? Like, why does right. somebody bite a Biting body? and you leave them in, like, a... And you do that, but then I feel like you're also ashamed, so you're going to put it in the car and, sh- and shut it. Just like, like you're going to be, like... You don't matter. Yeah. So, they start looking at her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Of course. So he has these scratches, he has abuse in the past, and no interview or questions were ever released for Brad. And Like to the media, you mean? Yeah, like nothing, no police reports or anything. Weird. Because he was dropped as a suspect. (gasps) No, I have no idea why. What about the fact that he was covered in scratches? Right. And she was, like, obviously mangled and... Yeah, they said mm-hmm. that they, nothing was ever released. They said he was questioned, but nothing was ever released about him being questioned. Like, even on shows, when they, like, are talking to anyone, they'll release footage or audio or something, but nothing was ever released. Yep. But he was, in, he was dropped. So police, eventually, now they find Hannah's phone and start going through who she called the night she disappeared. Okay. One of those people were 20-year-old Denny Ross, who Jen, said that he didn't... Yeah, who Jen had called earlier. Oh, yeah. Who I'm, I don't, I'm pretty sure I might have called him Danny, but his name is Denny. Okay, I thought it was Danny, too, but... It's Denny? It's Denny. D-E. Okay. D-E-N-E. So, so Denny Ross. And friends say they weren't close, but Denny's, Denny lived on his own. He was 20 years old, had his own apartment, and his apartment was like the party house. Okay. So that's how they were friends. And they also say he dealt drugs. And he was just in trouble two days prior to Hannah's disappearance for trying to sell $500 worth of cocaine. Okay. And he only received two years of probation for this. Okay. All right. So May 26th, um, same day that they found Hannah's body. um, Oh, so this was seven days? This was a week week after? Week after she she disappeared. Yeah. Same day they found her body. And same day that Brad was released as a suspect. Please go see... Okay, now I have Danny written here. So I don't know. <laughs> it's either Denny or Danny. I think it's It's Danny. either Danny or Denny Boy. <laughs> Let me see really quick. Well, never mind. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. We we'll know who we're talking Mr. about. Let's call him Mr. Ross. We so. can call him Mr. D. Denny, Danny. I don't know what I was doing. Dirty D. So the Dirty D. Okay, so please go to see this Dirty D at his apartment. Not to accuse him of anything, they just want to, like, talk to him. And um, since Hannah appeared to talk to him the night that she went missing. So, whenever they get there, like, he lives, like, on, like, a 
the upper part of the apartment complex. They have to walk up these steps. Okay. So it's a few police officers, not just, like, one. A few are walking up. And while they're walking up, they hear this, like, like not like a bang. It's like a, just like a thud noise. And they're just kind of like, um, that, whatever. That This is fine. It's an apartment complex. People are probably, like, out doing stuff. Yeah. So whenever they get there, they see one of Danny's arms is broken and in a cast. Okay. When they get there. So Danny tells police that Hannah had come to his house about 11 p.m. the night of her disappearance. And by the way, but, he said Yeah, he said previously that he hadn't right. seen her or talked to her. Right. right? So why just why lie about that? I mean, I Okay. You know, do you ever think about this shit like if something were to happen and you were to be questioned, do you ever wonder, "Oh my god, what if I forgot this little Oh, absolutely. thing and then it turns around and it looks like I'm hiding something when in Indeed, I'm completely innocent. Yeah. Do you remember? Because I, yeah. I literally have this fear of being convicted of something that I literally did never do. I, did I never do. His name is Danny, by the way. Danny. <laughs> Danny. But I also feel like if they're like, what were you doing at this time, or this day at this time, So I'm going to feel like, I'm going to be like, I, I don't know for sure. But I guess it was yeah. just me. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Maybe I would remember. Maybe. But really, you don't I mean... Thinking back now, though, even to when it, a time when it before I had kids or I was married or anything, like, if you gave me a date, mm-hmm. I'd be like, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, taking a nap? Right. Or, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I get that. That can be hard. But, but he says that he broke his arm because he was in a fight. That's why his arm's in the cast. Okay. It got broken in during a fight. So, whatever. So, he... Um, blatantly lied to Jen, Hannah's friend. Yeah, because I think in his case, like, I would have been like, you know what, maybe I, I think I did talk to her. Right. And, like, she wasn't, Jen had called him, like, the day she was missing. So it wasn't anything, they weren't suspecting of anything. So why would he lie whenever he didn't know she was missing? Like, she'd be like, be like yeah, true. I just saw her. Yeah, that's true. Why? Mm-hmm. Why what? Why would he lie? Just like, no, I have no idea. Yeah, that's, that's the true. Next day. I didn't even think about that. Anyways, Denny said that Hannah came just to talk about uh, how unhappy she was with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he said that they kissed, but nothing more, and that she oh. left at about midnight. So mm-hmm. that I mean that okay, all right. Okay, not only just did so he did not he didn't just talk to her, like they were together. They kissed. Right. Like you don't just. Oh, that slipped my mind. Why did, okay, she talked to her friend Jen, who said that she was staying at home. If she was unhappy with her boyfriend, why don't you go hang out with your girlfriend, not a guy that you don't yeah. really know. But she is 18. Yeah, and I get if it's an older 20-year-old guy, who yeah. in, like, one picture, he was, like, oh, decent looking. Now yeah. he look, he's, looks like a fat slob, but, I mean, like, mm-hmm. back then he was, like, decent looking, so I guess someone giving you attention whenever you're right. unhappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. So... The police are just, like, again, like, that person's, like, the red flag's going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get a search warrant for his apartment, and throughout his apartment, there appeared to be blood spots all over the walls, mm. like, throughout the apartment, like, on his bed sheets, on lamps, oh. on oh, the walls weird in the stuff. living room. Yeah. And outside the apartment, in the bushes, was a garbage bag, they found, that had shoes, women's jeans, and underwear. And they were covered in blood. And they found a purse. And it was all quickly determined to all belong to Hannah. Yeah, because she was naked from the waist down, right? Yeah. yeah. 
So Denny was immediately arrested and on suspicion of aggravated murder, but he was never um, he never admitted to anything. He still maintains his Howard. innocence, and his family believes him. Which whatever. So there was semen found in the underwear that were in the garbage bag, but there was no semen ever taken from her body. So the semen that was in the underwear matched like matched Denny. It was Denny's. So okay. That's fishy in itself because right. why – explain to me why your semen was found in underwear that was in a trash bag. Right. But I still think it's where, like, there was nothing found inside of her. But so they did check? Yes. They did, like, swabs. There was nothing found. And they also – and the thing that I watched said that, like, there was no suggest that she was raped. Usually whenever someone's raped, like, they're really right. hurting the woman down there. There's, like, signs of, like, ripping, tearing, bleeding, yeah. stuff like that. There was no sign of that. It was like maybe consensual. Maybe, obviously we don't know. Well, if they kissed, maybe that then led to other things. Yeah, but Denny just says all they did was kiss, nothing more, is what he says. It's just because he's a just, liar, right? I don't know if maybe you're put on the spot, so you're just like little lying. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like a little bit, but then you're well, they like, say that if you little lie, then it turns into bigger lie to cover up that little lie, right. and before you know it, it's the right. snowball effect. All right. So, do you remember that unidentified white substance? I said yes, on the lip. Mm-hmm. Well, they said that seemed to match the exact material that Denny's cast was made out of. And the bite mark seemed to perfectly match his dental his records. Dental records. <gasps> so with all that, they quickly charge him, try and get things to go, like, quickly. Because, like, yeah. they obviously dropped the ball whenever they didn't report her missing and they found in her the week car. later in the trunk. So they're trying to get things going, like, really, really quickly. So Denny's defense says that they can work with this because... They didn't really look into anyone else. Uh, they let Brad go, who, I mean... He's suspect number one, Yeah, really. I feel like he's in there. Um, with that, they, like, the aggravated murder, instead of regular, like, like second-degree murder, first-degree yeah. murder, is because of the rape, like, aggravated murder. Like, they're saying okay. he raped her and then murdered her. Okay. So, this is a capital offense, meaning oh, Denny could be facing the death sentence. Yeah. So the defense is pointing at the boyfriend, Brad, which, who, I guess he took a lie detector test and passed, which, I mean, I don't know, we okay. all know how I feel about those. Yeah. But why are you going to release that but nothing else about... Right, his interview. Yeah. Or his questioning. So, I don't, whatever. So, weird thing, though, the blood spots in, in Denny's apartment were not Hannah's blood. Because he's fucking done this before. <laughs> well, like, I feel like, he's like there's parties there. Obviously, he said he broke his arm because of fighting. Oh, so maybe there's, like, blood from... But was it his own blood? I don't know. I don't it was unidentified? Said. I don't know, but... Weird. Oh, a lot was Denny's, but not, not all of it. So, okay. there's that. Whatever. Also, there's no evidence whatsoever to um, link Denny to Hannah's car. So there was, like, nothing. Mm. So, like, if she came to his house, like, and he killed her, and, like, you know what I mean? And there also, was, yeah, you would think that he would have to, like, touch the trunk. Right. And also, he had a broken arm. So if he kills her in his apartment, and he lives on a second story, he's going to drag her down with his broken arm, put her in her own trunk, drive her to a mile by her house. And there wasn't any blood on this cast? Yeah. Nope. Because that would, like, soak in, you would think. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no hairs. There's no fingerprints mm. on anything yeah, on that's her weird. car. So, maybe he had help. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's Brad. Wait. That's that's how I'm, I'm... And also, I feel like... I feel like 
if someone else was there to help, but also did, like, okay, if Brad helped Denny, maybe Brad ratted him out mm-hmm. during his interview, and that's why they dropped him. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, okay, I know who actually killed her, but you got to let me off, like, scot-free, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But maybe also someone saw her leave Denny's house and then thought, I don't know, grabbed her, did all that stuff, and put that garbage bag right, which was right below his window, which cops think that's what they heard, that thud noise, and they were walking up. They thought he just dropped the garbage oh. bag out his bedroom window, and it went down. And, like, the top of, like, they twisted it, yeah. but then just dropped it. So, like, wasn't oh, tied yeah, shut yeah, yeah, or yeah. anything like that. So, whatever. Trial begins October 17th of 2000. Hannah's friend Jen takes the stand to say Denny lied to her repeatedly about not seeing Hannah. And then Denny's lawyers say that he didn't want to incriminate himself. Whatever. It's the same day that she went missing. Um, But also, why would he keep a bag of Hannah stuff for a week after he killed her, too? Yeah. It It just seems dumb. And it sounds like he has just, like, a guilty... He's He feels guilty in some way. Yeah, and I also too feel like he's a twenty-year-old guy that lives by himself. Mm-hmm. So if he did, if he did kill her, he probably did hang on to her stuff, and he's probably just like keeping tabs on what they're thinking happened. And he's probably like, "I'll get rid of this sometime." Yeah, I'll get rid yeah, of this yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah. And the police maybe showed up quicker than he thought they would. Right. But then, like, there's no evidence on the car. So yeah, how that's, did he get? That's weird. So like, either he was super be. careful, or he got really lucky, which. Okay. I, or maybe it's just bad police work and they didn't catch anything on the car. I mean, it's not like they hadn't dropped the ball exactly. previously in this case. So, and then forensically, they couldn't tell. They could tell that Hannah had sex before she died, but whether it was consensual or questionable, no semen in her, only in her underwear. But it doesn't matter. He killed her. Right. He killed her. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I did. think so, too. So, and they're also saying the white material, according to the chemist, is also could be a material that's found in in trunks and I'm rolling my eyes because I feel like they use their own chemist the mm-hmm. defense did yeah. to, like they're like find what this could be yeah but there's yeah. lots of things that are like how they're like made out of similar material yes yeah, so like all yeah. the ingredients in your cereal is yeah. also in paint thinner. right <laughs> like okay yeah okay, so they either ate fruity pebbles or they ate paint which <laughs> killed them right <laughs> you can't prove it so so they couldn't prove the rape part Okay, so the aggravated part of the of everything was dropped and was thrown out. Also, the judge was also informed that a jury member was reading news articles. So the whole jury was thrown out. They had to drop the aggravated murder part. So Denny was let go. What? He was let go because the jury was reading into articles and the aggravated murder that they had to drop. <gasps> so they literally had to, like, redo everything. And... They had to drop it the way they did because if they wouldn't have, then he wouldn't have been able to be charged again. The whole stupid like double, double jeopardy, jeopardy, yeah, would have kicked in. <gasps> so they had to drop it all again. They had to drop no, it. they like, dropped the fucking balls. What they dropped? No, again in Ohio. Like we need to get our we, we need, need to get, get our it. shit together. Yeah, and I was I hate that. So double he's jeopardy walking. Thing. Well, so that was two thousand. In two thousand four, Denny screws up. And he was sentenced to 25 years in prison for raping another woman in Akron. (gasps) What? Yes. Okay, so right there goes to show that Mm -hmm. this man doesn't treat women respectively. Four years later. Four years later. After the trial. You know what he thought? He thought he was cocky Mm -hmm. and that he could get away with shit. Yep. He killed her. Yep. He killed her. Uh Uh-huh. So September 2012, 
an exception was made and the, a retrial was done for the murder of Hannah Hill 13 years after her murder. Denny Ross was found guilty of murder, Good. assault, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse, and he got life in prison. He has eligibility, which I don't get this either. Yeah, if you have life in prison. Yeah. Whatever. He has eligibility for parole in 19 years when he will be 67 years old. Well, let's hope that if he does get parole in 19 years at 67 years old, that he's too fucking old and decrepit to do anything at that I time. Hope he, I hope he dies in prison. He should. I, I he, feel like... He deserves... He should be there for 199 years. <laughs> right. And also, I feel like at parole he- hearings, half the time they have to do them. And they'll just come in, and usually the family makes sure they're present for those. Yeah. And they'll come in, and they'll want to hear from, like, like witness Every, yeah. statements mm-hmm. and stuff like like impact statements, whatever they are. And they'll be like, um, can you not let this guy out of prison ever again? Because obviously, they're, like, he keeps doing the same stuff over like, and over. Like, yeah, like... Uh, I have daughters, like, I don't want this creep walking the streets in 19 years or exactly. 67 years. Like, mm-hmm. no. No. And that was, like, when you brought up, just, I feel like the whole thing was, like, totally botched. I think they got it right eventually. I think they did get it right. But they don't, who's to say they don't know if she maybe was alive still in the trunk? That's maybe. Sad. yeah. I don't know. It seemed like there was some balls dropped here. Yeah. I got a lot of my stuff from a YouTube video. And her name is Eleanor Neal. I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, like, watched her video. I like that story. And wrote everything I'll down. I'll have to look up some stuff, too, because I had no idea. So, so Instagram. close to us. I know. So, I, I think I might try and do more more stories that are closer to us, maybe. Yeah, too, I like that, too. And surrounding mm-hmm. states, yeah. rather than do the... And ones that, like, I've never heard of. Like, I never heard of that. I didn't either. And never. it's 1999. Local. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. Anyways, wanna... like, as always, um, head to Instagram... Or um, email us your stories at mysterymomspodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on a personal level. If you know us, you probably know us. Yeah, you can even text. I told some of my friends to just text me some stories, yeah, too. I mean, just sure. text them to me, yeah. and we'll read them. Should we do, like, a happy thing at the end? Like something, yeah. Like something that we're liking? Yes. That we're doing? Let's do it. You okay. go first. Um, you got something? Well, I'm... Game of Thrones comes back on soon. I'm excited. I gotta start that. Literally, I want to start it. I Game of Thrones and Killing Eve. And I have so many, so many shows coming out this month that I'm real, real excited about. I just, I need you to watch Game of Thrones. I want to because I, I actually told my husband, I'm like, let's start this because I'm not the type of person either that's like, I'm gonna start this in episode or season three and just try oh, to guess where no way. things have gone. With that, you cannot. Yeah, There's I no I either start from the beginning or I don't start at all. So I want to start from the beginning and maybe catch up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's great. Um, I don't know. Let's say this could be anything positive. Yeah, anything that was like made you happy. Okay. Um, or something you're looking forward to. Like the nice weather. Oh, yeah. Today's beautiful in Ohio, and we've had kind of crappy weather, and, like, my kids were able to go outside and play on the swing set for a little bit. They came in, like, muddy dirt balls. (laughs) They came in, like, wrecking dirt balls in my house, but that's okay, because I think that nice weather makes happy people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Seasonal depression is real. I know. And, like, have you seen that thing where it's, like, someone, like, in an ice cube, and it says, like, I'm depressed, and then, like, it melts no. off them in the sun, and it says, nope, still depressed. And I'm like, oh, no. No, I, I do suffer from seasonal depression, I feel like, especially when it's, like, oh, definitely. 
day after day after day. We as Ohioans need these nice, beautiful days. I think it's like what, at least, at least 65? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's beautiful, be the sun is shining, too. and it's supposed to be nice tomorrow, so I'm happy to get out there and do some things with my family and, and yeah, bask in the warm weather. Yeah. So, enjoy life. Here's to summer. All right, so send us your, send us your stories, and um, um, subscribe, rate us, reveal us, and... Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. We're so, um, my son has waltzed his way down here at the end of our recording, and he's begging me to say something. So, here, buddy, say something. What do right. you want to say? What do you got to say, crew? Um, tomorrow, me and my dad are going to go golfing. That's how nice it's going to be. Oh. <laughs> He's excited for the warm weather, too, so that'll be fun. So, I hope you're enjoying your days wherever you are. I'm sure it's nice kind of everywhere. Yeah. If it's nice in Ohio, it's nice everywhere. It has to be nice everywhere. So thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. For a city chiller, so send your crap in and we'll read it. it. If you send it, yep. we're going to read it. Got okay. it. Bye. All right. See ya.